Okay, good morning. We're going to go back to the Pasik we just finished. Perik Dalid. Pasik Hay. So we described the Shafetis Devera, Hiya Sheves, Tachas Temer Devera, Ben Arama, Ben Beisel, Baharafarim, Vialila, Bene Israel, Lamishpat. So we saw Rashi brought the Targum that this is not a description of where she was, this is a description of her various vast holdings. And this helped her organize things among the government, the Mashpi and the people. And for a Navi, it's a welcome situation in terms of the assets, not necessarily Ma'akev, but the Ramam does list it in qualification just to be able to get things done and uh, not have to worry about that aspect, the Inyane Parnasa. Tagam actually says she lived in Ataris. We're going to get back to that later. Where was Barak living? Where was she living? Why might there have been a differential? Is it possible that this is a description of where it was and her holdings? So Tagam obviously holds that all these places are far away from each other, so it can't be the description of where she lives. It's probably why the Targum says she lived in Arturus, which is not even listed over here. And this is a list of the various manufacturing facilities and areas of agriculture which she was using for Parnassa. So the focus of the Tamer Devara, Sagamar and Megillah says that they came to her, Vayalu Elel, Pashup Shadazim is in a mountainous area. It also represents the fact, according to one of the Mahalchem we had, that the Isha is not Kashala Dayanis, but if they makabal her, you can makabal Apostle Dayan also, Vayalu Elel, they came to her, they will makabal her as the Dayan. And the Gemara Megillah says that it was Mitam Yichud she stayed under a tree rather than have the proceedings in a room, which is where the basin normally would be, because if she was dining, and this fits in very well, that it wasn't a regular basin, and the whole thing was a harasha, and normally you have three dinam minimum, and it sounds like she was doing it herself. Well, that fits, because that would trigger the issue of the possible yichud, and the Gemara says that's why she sat under a tree, as opposed to being inside a room. Very hard to have yichud under a tree, any tree, especially a date tree, a palm tree, goes straight up without much in terms of branches, in terms of coverage, very high, and the branches, if any, are way up, so there's no issue of yichud. So under a tree and dafka under this tree to avoid any issue of yichud. Technically, under any tree, if anybody can walk in any time, it's the outside, it's not going to be an issue of yichud, but she stayed uh, very far away. The Sayyid HaGogulim, which I mentioned by Deverer, is particularly bailed in a number of areas. So the Ramami Panu was often quoted by the uh, Gogulim issues and the Sefer Gogulim Neshama. So we're going to mention two aspects. One is it's not a steer, so I'll just say this beforehand. When you have Makara, somebody is a gogol of somebody else, usually we uh, stick to the Tanakh where 
the Makaris are early when dealing with uh, Tzadikim or with Rishayim who had to come back as a Gilgal to become Tzadikim or Tzadikim who had a small tiny Tikkun on their Madrega, which is this case, who Magalgo and other Tzadikim or Tzadkanias in this case. So it's not a steerer if they're two different people. It could be two different eras and different levels and different aspects of things that have to be Masukin. I'm giving all these disclaimers. You have to be very careful with dealing with, in this case, people of uh, tremendous, tremendous madrega. The Tzitkanias, uh, the uh, people, or Kedah Matantera did certain things as a Rosh This is after Matantera. But the Gilgal, where she came from, was uh, before Matantera. One was way before, one was at Matantera. So we'll go one by one. The mention of Tamer Devera. So if I had to ask you and you wanted to take a, an educated guess who was she a Gilgal of so sort of like a giveaway Dvera uh, so the uh, the original Dvera um, was oh, who was the original Dvera by the way yeah so uh, this part I'm not adding it that somebody was a Gilgal of somebody I'm adding a connection to my round the opponent doesn't say this yet he's going to focus on the uh, a Tamar part, but as I mentioned, Devera, the original Devera is a relative unknown. And you're correct. She's mentioned in Chumash, we find out when she was Nefteris. And if the Pesukim go into it, obviously she's a person of tremendous distinction and note, even though we don't know much about her. So she was the Menekes of basically the Amos. And the Mepharshim say that she herself wasn't a Gieris. She herself didn't come into Klai Yisrael, but she was the conduit to inspire the greatest people of the, uh, of the time to become the most multi-generation. We're talking about how, did, how does one grow up with any inspiration, any guidance, and certainly coming to Godless when you're in the house of Basul and Lovon. So how do you create... How do you have Leia? How do you have such a thing? So, Yaakov is traveling back, and we just have a brief mention of her that she joined to tell him to come back. That's why she was sent, Pashat Naposik, and she's given full honors. She was the one behind nurturing this development. Uh, the Amos are basically self made, but you've got to start somewhere, and you have to have some. Some guidance, just where do you, where do you go? Amavinu had none. Amavinu was Amavinu. So where did it come from? So the answer is, one second, the answer is Devera. Vantamenifarsham was the catalyst to this. And Devera is a, a bee, a honey bee. She happens to be not kosher. She never became part of Yisrael. Doesn't mean, not kosher doesn't always mean treif in this case. By a bee, it's treif. But the bee, as we know, is responsible for going from here to here to here to here and making something very uh, important and very sweet and, and accomplishing so you can be inspiring to others. So in my mind, the connection over here of the original Devera to this Devera is the fact that she, in essence, very unusual to have an Isha who's a Shofetis and it was a Roshan, whatever Mahalik you take, but she was the Nahir. Devera is very, very Jewish, very from Anavia, and climbed to the highest 
but she's using it to inspire and to lead, to guide, and she's uh, using that role as the Devera. So I don't think the, the name Devera is a mistake in terms of the connection. Is that necessarily Gilgal? Not necessarily, but certainly a connection, yes. Yes, interesting. Yeah, we had a lot of Sharma on that. So it was Kaidamat and Terra, as I mentioned uh, over there. It was everybody was not Jewish till they were Magyar. No, anybody who nursed anybody, anything else could be from a mother who uh, didn't. So that's, that's a built in issue. Uh, the Marami Pano says that this Ardavar, the Arnavia, was a Gilgul of Tamar, Tamar Dvar. So. What needed a tikkun over here? Tamar, the original Tamar, goes down in history as a Heligat Sadekis, and she had Peretz and Zarech, and she's the Eim HaMalchus. Uh, Rus is the Eim HaMalchus later, but she's the beginning of it. One second. And look her, what went wrong over here? So the whole Maisa with Tamar is a Chidish Nifla, speaking of a Rosha, putting herself in a matzav, uh, masquerading as a Zaina, tricking Yehuda, almost getting killed, almost uh, getting them killed, trying not to embarrass him, but he embarrassed him anyway, but we learned from Tamar that he'd rather get himself thrown into a kitchen of age. She did embarrass him. She'd embarrass him directly. He had to admit his godless was that he admitted it, and he didn't care if he got embarrassed because if you made a big mistake, uh, you have to admit it. That was Yehuda's godless, so she created that whole matzah. She felt she had no choice, and... Kosh Baruch apparently agreed because she gave birth to Peretz and Zarech and that was destined to be the form of the Melech HaMashiach, the Zarech Kaddish, that it always has to be shrouded in secrecy and looks modna to keep the Satan away. And we've spoken about those Mahalchem Elamaisa. She was a person who went and she did something which was perceived as preacher's dick. So Maram and says this what he needed tikkun, what she did was right. The psak was right. Did she have to do it? She had to do it. She had no way, and we don't do it. And it's not considered Navera. We learn out incredible things from her, and Lamaisa, uh, she got the job done. With that said, sometimes if things are done where you need a tikkun, even though you have to do it, we find this theme a lot. It's pretty frightening. A tikkun is necessary. Yaakovinu was told to go in and quote unquote steal the brachas and he's the mid of Emes. he didn't want to he was very uncomfortable very nervous and his mother was in Avia and she told him this is uh, this is based on Baruch HaKedosh and you have to do it and he did it so was it right or was it wrong of course it was right it would be terrible if according to the Nitziv Esav had any part of the Gashmi Sticker brachas uh, with the hope that he's going to be uh, contributing in the Yisach Zvulun and Rivka Mena knew that he's not going to give one dime and we need Yitzchak's vulnerable within Klai Yisrael. And it was correct. Lamaisa, Esav cried and he screamed and later on by Mordechai Tzaddik and Megillah there was a Midikin Agamitis. So there's always some Tikkun. That's a good comparison over here because she was Alema Derech and that's not normally to Tzniyaz Dik. And therefore part of the Tikkun was that she had to be extra careful within Yanei Tzniyaz and Yichud and she was so careful she went under the highest tree with no branches and therefore... No one's going to be cheshed at anything. So that's, on some level, on this madrig, you need a tikkun. This is part of that tikkun. That's step number one. Yes, that's all I hand here. Yeah, well, that's why it's called this tree, by the way. It's called Tamidavar also, because it was known as the meeting place where you went for Eitzah 
and Toshia and Din for Torah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, same, same reason. Same reason. That's connection number two. Connection number one from the Maharami Panu. The first one is just my conjecture. The second connection is that uh, she was also a Gilgal of Tzipira. This is very fascinating. Uh, this is brought down by the Mishpah Hazov and brings down the Maharami Panu. What does Sipera Aishas Moshe have to do with this? Uh, Maisa have to do with the uh, Devera. So, this is Maharami Panu puts down the Gilgal and what? Yes, yes. So, that's what he, that's what he spells out. I want to, you know, with trepidation, whenever you try to explain these things, it's, you don't Google them, you don't want to throw out Navi. You want to say what Chazal say, what the Rishayim say by Tzadikim and Tzadkanias, and you don't want to uh, say something incorrect. Ben Lachol, Ben Lachmer. So, what he brings down, you just mentioned, is that Tzipera was missing something, it wasn't her fault, that she wasn't there by Kriyas Yamsuf, and Klaisol got a lot of Ali and Ruchnius going through Kriyas Yamsuf and be willing to go through, be willing to walk through, and the Mysterious Nefesh, and, and the Shira Sayam, which was missed by Tzipera. Say what you want about what happened to Yisra after, when he, did he go back, did he not go back, and the, the, vis-a-vis Kriyas Atera, the timing, but the Kriyas Yamsuf, they weren't there. Mashmu Shama, one of them was Kriyas Yamsuf. So she wasn't there. She was with her father and the children, and she was with Yisro. So she missed it. She missed the Kriyas Yamsuf itself and the Shira Sayam. Now, this is not going to be the last tie-in of Shira's Devera with Shira Sayam. You ask anybody on the street, who are the two most famous Shiras? weren't the only two Shiras in the history of Clay, so all the two most famous, obviously, are Shira Sayam and Shira's Devera. There was a minig... Uh, in yesteryear, that people used to memorize Shira's Devera, which is interesting. That's presupposing, I guess, that they memorize Shira Sayam because we say it in davening, but they even memorize Shira's Devera. And we're going to yet to Mitzvah Shem see Shira's Devera. It's a complex uh, series of uh, psukim in, in a Shira format, and everything's a remez, so we're going to have to try to figure it out, and it's, it's, it's incredible what what's put in there, as is by, obviously, Shira Sayam. And Tzipera wasn't there, and therefore the Tikkun over here is Nizgalgal, the Devera, who's not only going to say the second most famous Shira, which not only is it not Kizera Shava, Shira, Shira, there's a lot more to it. A lot of things that will happen by the victory against Sisera, and the victory itself will be very, very similar to what happened to Para's army and to Para himself, to Sisera himself, with some contrasts and many similarities, and Mitzvah Shem, we will get to that. So that's the connection. There's a, another, uh, another connection also, which we're going to get to now, and you really have to be careful. If you take a look at the next Pasuk, and I'll show you what I'm referring to in the Ralbag. Take a look at Pasuk, Vav Tishlach V'tikru Labarag Ben Avinayim. So there is a Machlaikis, whether or not they were married. We're going to go with the Mahalach, that there were many Assume that, many Rishanim al-Daf, many Midrashim. And Barak, as we saw in our introduction, in the description of 
who he was and what his godless was. He was certainly a well-known person in Klai Yisrael. He was, if you read the Pesukim too quickly, which is always dangerous, you could say there's Devarah, and then she was married to somebody by Barak, and she sent him to fight the battle. That's not correct. He's going to mobilize not an insignificant number of people to fight this battle. They were on the Madrega to have an incredible Yeshua, which we will see as it unfolds. The higher Madrega would have been, get an army of um, a couple hundred people, and then it's a bigger nace. They weren't there. He, he's going to be told that he should gather 10,000 people. Now, 10,000 compared to the hundreds of thousands or millions, the Madrashim have incredible numbers for Sisa's army, and 900 chariots versus zero, it's still not much established. But it's more people than a couple of hundred or than... Um, fighting the Plishtim when Shoal had to fight and they had no sword and it was Yenison and Shoal and one guy helping Yenison and that was it. So there is what to compare it to. Lamaisa, to mobilize 10,000 people to face an army that's vastly superior in number and vastly superior in armaments is an understatement, is a difficult job because nobody wants to come. How do you do that in very short order? It's clear as the battle will unfold. She just tells him, gets it, they go up to Haragabaya, 10,000 people are waiting. So had that worked? The answer is he was a known entity. He was a, a leader already. He was a commander in the army. The army didn't really exist as a standing army, but whatever there was, uh, he was the man. So it's not an unknown. We saw already in Tan that he was an Amaretz, I call that a relative Amaretz. He wasn't from the Deli Adar, but we have a Medrash that says he was a Meshamish Zikanim already from the time of Yeshua Bandun. He was not a young man. So the Shidduch, you know, total Amaretz with a young lady, even if it was many years ago, who's staking like this to become a Navia, is uh, counterintuitive to say the least. The answer is no. He was a person of stature. The question is what his exact level of learning was, but he was a, he was a known entity. So all of a sudden, we introduced Vatishla, Vatikla, Bar, Benavinayim. They were probably married, according to many Mepharsha. But if they weren't, like, so who was he? Why is she sending messages in? The answer is he was a known person and he was an officer up north and he was organizing some type of defense before this takes place. I'm adding that in because this theory is important because she's sending Vatishla. She's over here. Tachas, Tarmid, Devera. Wherever she was, Targum says in Alteris, wherever this was, it was in central Eretz Yisrael, near Shiloi, the Mepharshim say, and that's where she should be. If she's dying in Klai and she's giving instructions, she should be near the center of Eretz Yisrael. He is up north where the next battle will, will take place, Kedesh Naftali, and that's near where the action is, that's where the Canaanim were, and that's where Yavin Melochatzar is, and that's where Sisra and his army were, and he's going to gather all sorts of people from all over the world, but that's where the battle is going to be. So the Gemara in Megillah makes a comment, Vatishlach, that on her madriga, try to tread very carefully, this is considered a bit of gaiva, because the assumption that they're married, why is she sending messages to her husband to tell her what to do, to tell him what to do? So you could say, well, she's the shafetis, she's the leader, and he's Naniach, that's why I'm giving this whole introduction. Naniach, he's a commander, a well-known entity, but uh, she's still in charge. So, when you say over, I assume you all go home to eat for breakfast and you, uh, on a Sunday morning, you're eating with your uh, spouse, you gotta know how to say, what to say. Uh, this was considered on her madrega, maybe a taina, that uh, she's still 
his wife, um, maybe she shouldn't be sending an order to do this, that, and the other thing. What's the other choice? It's got to get done. She has a revu over here. So maybe say it in a slightly different lashon. Chazal don't say what she should have done, but Chazal make the comment that maybe this was a bit um, out of line for her madrega. You'll see the rest of the uh, ensuing battle when he actually pushes back. We'll have to discuss that because if it's an avua, you're not allowed to push back at all. It's a chiv misa normally. And he says, well, if you don't come, I'm not coming. So they had an incredible relationship because she, was, uh, she answers right away, yes. She has to say that I'd rather give you the covet. That's... That's beautiful. That's the way it's supposed to be. I don't want to come. Why should you? You're the commander. You take them to battle. Ladies don't belong in battles. And I'm not, why should I be there? But if you want me to come for the chizik, for the troops, whatever, so I'll, I'll come. He wanted her to come because he was an anavoso. And he says, if you're here, we're going to get on the spot direction with your nevuah. And we're going to have chizik. And they're not necessarily going to come if they think I'm making this up. And this battle is suicidal if you don't know um, that it's a psak from a nevuah. So there's a lot. It's not like she wasn't careful with this cover. Yes? Uh, we, two weeks ago we covered the only, unless I'm missing something, the only words that even gives a happening that they were married is Asia's Tophilus. Yes, but, but that's a Medrash Tandabeli, and the other Medrashim would say it. Then she should be calling the shots. No, absolutely. The, that's why I... It's not a problem, right. It's not a problem if they weren't married. No, no, and, and, and that's... Uh, it, I mean, it's a similar story to uh, Shimshon's parents that the father follows, you know... Yeah, wife. give me three years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if, but if they're not married, it makes more sense. Yeah, if they're not... We have no problem. It's not preferish in the Pesach that they were married. We have a number of Chazals, and they had a Kabbalah, and that's fine. But it's not a problem even if they're married. I have the Gemara Megillah holds it is an issue. Points it out that it would maybe be a Euro. So that's on her madrega, that's within the relationship, and I'm just pointing out, as the Mepharshim do, that she was very careful with the COVID, whether they're married or not. She has to be careful. This is a, a man, this is a commander, this is a known uh, person who was around, possibly from the time of uh, Shemesh Zekanim uh, generations ago, and she was careful. The shadows on her madrega could it have been this, this phraseology a little bit more careful as opposed to a straight message um, but she's about to say Vatimer. We didn't read it in the Pasig yet. Uh, let's just finish the Pasig and I'll, I'll get to your question. Vatimer, a love, Halatziva Hashem Yisrael, Lech Umashachta Bahar Tavar. Mashachta means Mashech. Grab them, convince them, which is, I, I'm putting in all these introductions, these ideas. It's not going to be easy to get 10,000 people to stand on a mountain to fight an army that outnumbers them uh, 10 to 1, 100 to 1. and in everything, manpower and, and tanks. And you have to like really convince the people to come, which is why I'm telling you it's an avua and this is the time to do it. Mashachta Bahar Tavar. Tavar is where it is today. They know where it is. It's a, it's a mountain and a somewhat significant mountain and they're going to stand to the top and they're going to start the battle from there. Lakachta Imcha Ish We're going to have to also very carefully figure out which Shvatim are going to end up being part of this battle? The two Shvatim that are called are Naftali and Zolan. That's Beferish. The reason they're called, we already saw in the Tan Be'alio introduction, that they had unique schusim in their Torah and their Kibbutz of Aim. Pashup Shat 
is that they were living there and each shevet was mandated to conquer or reconquer the area that they were responsible for. And Yavin Melech now had a whole operation with an army with a bunch of cities sort of taking back what they're supposed to have and they never fully conquered it. Now they have to reconquer part of the area and therefore it's their business. And therefore it was understood. Call these two shvatim is that's where they are. The good news is there are many shvatim that will volunteer to join them because the battle is uh, very lopsided. Uh, they're going to need Nisim Gloim anyway, but in terms of the Shtadlis, they're going to want to show their support, they're going to want to join, and there are some Shvatim who are conspicuously missing and will be noticed, and the Vera is going to discuss it during the Shira. As I said, the Shira is a tapestry of, of Shvach and Hodoya and criticism of who did and who didn't, and there's a lot to say on that. Right now, Mashachta just tells you how difficult it is to get the people together. And Barak says, well, if you promise to come, even if you're not here now, I'll start. But if I tell them you're coming, it'll lend credence to what I'm asking them to do. Otherwise, they'll say, who said you could do this? This is suicidal unless you're promised an ace, basically. And who said that this is mutra al-pidin? And who said you have the right to do it? That's going to be part of his um, slight pushback in terms of asking for her help. Uh, we're going to go back to Abak in a moment, but I saw a hand here. Was there a hand uh, answered? Okay, go back to the first word of Tishlach in Pasuk Vav. So, the Abak says, let me see the Abak, V'tishlach, V'tikru, L'barak, Benavinoim, M'kedesh, Naftali. So, he, I would say the word hedges, because it's not preferish that they're married, but there are M'kedesh and Chazal. Im ha'yabarak ba'Allah, that's from the time of the Be'el we had, Yidma Shikafar Parsha Nuvuasa. He's trying to answer Akasha, which everybody's trying to answer. If they're married, why is he up north in Kedesh Naftali? And she is more toward the center of the country. Whatever you hold the city was, based on the Tigam Rashi, she wasn't there. So why is that? So he says, if they were married. If they're not married, you could say the Pasha Shad is she's sending to a commander and they had no sheikhs. We'll get back to that line in a moment. And therefore she has to send a long-distance message to where he was with the army or, remember they had... Devarah at the head of Klai's role, but most Mepharshim learned. They had a working Sanhedrin, you don't even have to come out to say she was dining them, and if she was, she was helping out, not necessarily Pasking in the din. They had, as Yisro had designed, Sare, Meya, Sare, Alafim, that. See, he was one of those. He was a leader in Klai Yisrael, and he was in charge of operations up north. They were dealing with the Kanana before, just without too much success, because it wasn't time yet. They had to first do tshuva, and... He was in charge of protecting Yidin and doing what you're supposed to do. So call him a commander, call him a leader, maybe even higher. And she sends the message. She was donning down toward the middle of the country and running the country from near the capital. We'll call Shila the capital because Shila was the focal point of everybody who came to do their Vedas Hashem. And where she was sitting was near Shila. I, Rabbah continues, or she was up there, they were married, they lived up there in Kedesh Natali. When she used to, many of the leaders walked around and went to various places, and her main seat of government was in the center of the country. By the time of Devera, Lazei grew time of Devera, Ki Min Haga, 
So it's not a stira. She was normally, she traveled, and he probably traveled also as a leader. Their home was in Kedesh Naftali, and she was often found away at her job at a workplace, which wasn't uh, in computers, and she wasn't in PTOT, whatever it was, because she had vast holdings, so she wasn't working. I give that example because it's not so odd that somebody is not in the same place if they happen to be on a business trip. Usually it's the husband and sometimes the, the wife, and she's not a business. She, her business is running the country, and she had to often be in the middle of the country. And at this particular point in time, she was dining and leading, and she got an avua. So she sends a message. She doesn't have time to wait till Shabbos till she's going home, and she sends the message. So that's not a steer. So a pipashim shot. He's willing to say a distinct possibility that they were both living in Kedesh. So it happens not to be together at this time. The first shot, which we'll go back to right now, I'll take your question in a moment. Why does he say Yidmashikvar Parshim Edemne Nevuasa? Doesn't that sound familiar? If you remember, Tzipera, this is all getting back to the Gilgal vision. Tzipera, Eishas Meisha is a Heiligat Sadekish, and she married Meisha Abeno, and I needn't say it anymore. Lamaisa Miriam, when she spoke Lashon Hara, which she held was Lataelis, about what was going on, it was on the heels of Eldon and Medad, if you remember, it didn't come for the Nevoa, the Zakanim were appointed, and she made a comment that, oh, I feel bad, it's going to be a massive with their wives, that uh, they're going to be Nevim, they're going to be perish from their wives. Which was not true, so this makes it not Lashon Hara, but Metzi Shemra, sort of. But the Lashon Hara aspect was the fact that it was a veiled criticism of Moshe Rabbeinu, and that was Metzi Shemra, he was perish. The problem was they didn't know the chilik, which is what it says in the Pasuk, that Akash Baruch immediately came for the Madrega of Aaron listening and Miriam talking, coming from the conversation she had with Zipera. the first time she heard this. The information was from Zipera. Um, she told Aaron, this is Amman Navia, you're a Navi. We didn't have to do that, and we're still where we're supposed to be in the same house. Why, why is that necessary? And she's only bringing it up now. It's the first time she heard the comment. And Zipera didn't say it as an attack. She just... It was like one, uh, one sigh, may, maybe, and she asked her, like, what's the problem? And it was about the matzah of the elder that made it, and the plans of kingdom. So it wasn't like anybody was looking to say anything. And it was completely tell us. And on their it was a taina that you better make sure a thousand percent that you know the facts before you say something, especially about Moshe Rabbeinu. Kol Beisinem. And the difference between Moshe Rabbeinu, as you know from the Pesach, and everybody else, every other Navi or Navia, is a Moshe Rabbeinu pel pel daberba, has to be ready for Navu at any time. There's no warning, there's no meditation, no going to sleep, no dream. No. And that's a problem. That was a unique problem for Moshe Rabbeinu. It's not a problem for any other Navi, including Devere. So the Achrayim ask on this Rabag. Rabag is giving an explanation why he's in Kedesh and she's over here. It says they were married according to that shop, but he was perished because of the Nevoa. Where's the perish of the Nevoa for? That's exactly the chilik that was told to Miriam and Aaron why he was Lashon Hara and not called for. You don't have to be perished. That could be the, the din is you don't have to be perished, but sometimes logistically it's a good idea. You have to be in a state of Tyra to get Navu and she knew a war was coming and they were perished recently. This is my conjecture. You have to say something. It was nobody criticizes well, Bag doesn't say me who look in Chumash and you'll see this is the wrong thing to do. He says this is a viable shot, that this was something she should do, and it could be it was recent because she knew there was a Sluban of who was coming, and therefore now it was necessary. The Khishmashaban it was necessary for the rest of his life. That's the chilek I'm suggesting in the Rabbag, and I think that pshat is quite possible. Yes? There isn't a word of criticism from before about uh, Rabbi not speaking 
Yes, so it's, it's, the, it's the first word. The, the sentence, what the Nevoah was, is not the criticism. It's for Tishlach. Tishlach for Tikra is like either Tikra, I'm calling you here, or a report for duty, or this is the message. Again, that's on her madrega, very, very slight. You wouldn't notice it without a Gemara. And by the Dever is, we'll know she's the Ver, she's very great, and to become an Aviyah, an Aviyah, you've got to perfect all your midas, go up to home and see So on her madrega, that was a Taina. Uh, but you see the covet she's going to give to him when he tries to say, no, you come here. He's trying to give her covet. She said, no, no, I want you to have the covet. Why should you give the covet to me? You're fighting the battle. I'm not supposed to be there. So everything was fine. But even in the Rabad, the first shot, they were separated. I'm just suggesting that that might have been a, a recent thing due to the fact that she understood what was coming for Clyde. So a major decision. She understood she had to be directing things and that would take Navu. And therefore, uh, Prisha might be in order just by it was always in order because you never know when it's coming and it was a continuation of Kabbalah Sotar for 40 years but Shabbat was always getting Nebuah that's I think the, uh, the possible chilek yes that, make, that might make matters worse because she has no mitzvah, but she's got to ask for shush. She has a shibud. So you could say she asked for shush. I'm okay with that. And he gave the shush. He recognized well, the godless. He recognized the Kaisal needed leadership. And he also recognized, you know, this was coming, big decisions. Not, we have no problem with the Shalom Bayez Indian. The Shaila is why was it necessary? They ask of the Rabag, this is a pussing in Chumash. This is not, they're not asking the Rabag from another Medrash. And the Rabag doesn't even burn it. He just says, oh, maybe she's perishing the Nevoah. So I'm suggesting that it probably was recent only because now she knows there might be a slew of Nevoah. And there were. She was the very, was said, I'll be Nevoah also. And the battle is, is we're on the eve of the battle over here. Yes? What's conspicuously absent You must be a closet Kayan because people keep defending. Where's Pinchas? <laughs> no, we had some kind of from this side of the room defending also. So, for whatever reason, uh, Kayan didn't normally go to battle himself. And no, the, the, many, many of the Muhammad, so yeah, you have to. You should normally ask the Umbatumim. Yeah, 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 but you don't need that. You're correct. If you need the Navua, the Navua, you can trigger Navua by asking the Umbatumim. That is Navua when the Kayan Gold is reading it. Over here, you didn't need it because she was the Navia. The Umatumah would be another layer we wouldn't need. You're just going to the Umatumah after you got an Avuah, but you just got an Avuah. Why would you ask for another one? See, you don't need it over here. And the fact that Pinchas wasn't leading is the, is the Malchus Kuna issue, which we discussed before. So, getting back to the, the Gilgal issue, uh, we'll just end with this today. We've got to go to the Pelliates, but I see over here a possible connection besides the fact that Aram Pana was quoting that Zipper wasn't there by the Nais and by the Shira, and this is the Tika, and she gets to make it up again. I think that the other connection would be that Zipper is the one who triggered the fact that what she said or ended up explaining to Miriam was what brought about that Lashon Hara and that uh, subsequent Einish. And the fact that over here, perhaps the kapara was that due to this circumstances, she had to be perish, which was not easy. And then he's up north and she's in the middle. And maybe that was a tikkun for what was triggered by Tzipara herself in terms of what she brought on. And that might be a connection as well. Again, the Pashup shot is that he had to be up there because he was the commander of the army and they knew that something was coming. And even his regular job was holding some army together just for defense, not 10,000 of them. 
and he had to be up there. And when she traveled, like the second child of Rabbah, she went to the country because that's where you gave easy access, easier access to the people who were coming to see her. And they traveled back and forth, both of them, which wouldn't be Akasha, which is the Rabbah's uh, second shot. Let's go to the Peleates. We are on page Nun Gimel in the first part of the Sefer. The Cheshavah people here are listening uh, on uh, Zoom. I assume by now you bought a Peleates because I haven't been sending the uh, copies. So if you don't have access to one, uh, maybe for next week I could send, but otherwise Peleates is sold where any fines farm are sold. So uh, wherever you might be whether you're up north in Kedish Naftali or in the middle of the country or wherever you might be. Bastamid is a farm store there. Page Nun Gimel, we're in the middle of Inyane Kedushas Beis Knesses and the Chashivas of the Mokom Hashchina in the Shul, which, as we mentioned already, is very timely. And he's now discussing what to do in terms of entering with trepidation and understanding that you're walking to the Mokam of the Shechina and you need Rishus and Hashem and Rachmim is allowing us in even though it's uh, not necessarily something that's Lafi Madrega Seinu, but Hashem wants to give us the Mokam of Shechina, especially in Golis, the only thing we have. And with that knowledge in the Achrayis, you have to be careful not to discuss things that shouldn't be discussed in a Shul and a Beis Medrash and not to behave in a way that's not fitting, certainly during davening. And, of course, he's going to talk about the talking issue, which has been around for a while. Many people hear about the talking issue, been around for a while, and they say, ah, it's been around for a while, we can't fix it. Haven't fixed it for a thousand years, we shouldn't work on it. But that's not true. Uh, it's something that is a constant struggle. But uh, when Yechidim work on it, every Yechid is a victory. Every time you work on it is a victory. And you can be mashpia on your friends and raise the bar, even though sometimes doing that is not so pleasant, which he's going to discuss right now. Uh, is never an easy, easy sogin. You have to know how to do it. Bineimus when possible. So the third paragraph down on page Nun Gimel. Yesha writes to Lizar, Shalodaber Beskana says there are those who really want to work on their Yiras Haremimus in Shul and not talk. Aval Kishmadabim Elov, Acherim Niroloi, Kibushaloi. And people start talking to him, he's embarrassed uh, to signal them that he really doesn't want to talk. And he's going to think, maybe it's Gaiva, who am I? I'm so from. And often, if he doesn't think that, his friends will tell him, who are you, that you're acting so from. Uh, it's a ridiculous tiny. You tell a guy who like, just goes like this and doesn't want to talk. Like, what do you mean? I saw you talking two weeks ago. Yeah, that's, I'm trying to get out of that mode. Well, who do you think you are? I saw that you did this, that, and the other. And they start bringing up all the other areas. What's the shit? A person wants to improve, so he shouldn't improve in any area because he's not perfect yet. So, you know, the expression, you're not so perfect yourself, is absolutely incorrect, and it's uh, the wrong reaction. And now that Elul is coming, so we have to start somewhere. But he might think that it's Yorosh, Shiva, he doesn't want to tell him he'd rather not talk. You don't have to tell the guy that he shouldn't be talking. You just say, you don't want to talk. That's already holding your own, and it's a slight muster to him, and that's, that reaction is uh, the lightest reaction you can have. But people often don't want to do that. And then he starts talking and answering in cave Lave, even though he's not happy about it. So part of growth is picking and choosing and reorganizing your friends. That doesn't mean you shouldn't drop your friends who aren't perfect either. 
try to have them come along for the ride. And positive peer pressure is a wonderful thing. Do it nicely. And you got to grow. At the end of the day, if the person is not so nice, you're trying to do it nicely and he's giving you a rough time because he feels guilty and doesn't want you getting firmer because then it's going to leave him somewhere else. If he's not cooperating, then you don't have to, Lamana Shalom, sit next to him at shul if he keeps on talking to you. So you have to do that delicately, but it's got to be done. And a person who has Yerushalayim or working as Yerushalayim should be trembling at the fact that it's a very serious thing. This is not a chumrah, it's not a hider. And you have to say it the way it is if they don't get the message. You don't have to scream. As a matter of fact, he's going to suggest in the next paragraph if you're in shul, do not scream. Even though the Mechavah says, Ga'ara can mean many things. You can scream silently also and just make your position clear. It's a Bizarin based Knesset if anybody's screaming, even if they're screaming about something that's correct. And if he doesn't get the hint, you have to be able to say, Say it quietly, firmly, but make your position clear. Says, you know, the Peleyes loves launching into Mishalom to have to do with money. Quite often. Peleyes was saying a betza. He didn't have any, didn't like it, and uh, he's using the mushroom because he knows that humans um, understand when you start discussing money. It resonates. Like, guy goes over to you, you're holding a million-dollar bill. I don't think they printed any, but the way it's going now in this country, they might start printing them. Uh, so send out to each household. It's great for, you know, politics. Great, it makes you look good. You know, print a million-dollar bill, sign it. I'm not criticizing the government for handing out the money, necessarily. Uh, but, um, guys, you're holding a million-dollar bill, and he's about to take it away. He starts grabbing it, and he starts, he wants to rip it. So you're going to say, you know, I want to keep my friends. I don't want to give them Musser, so I'm not going to tell them anything. So you're going to say it quite clearly, please don't rip up my million-dollar bill. Please don't take my wallet and throw it overboard. Keep it up, Am. It's a different shayla. Uh, fits your father, but uh, hopefully it won't be. So uh, people will usually get very, very strong on the issue and very vocal. And that's a dimyan. This is extremely important for your ruchnius and his ruchnius. He says, chances are you're not going to worry about your busha or looking like you're a balgaiva by saying something. You're going to let them know in no uncertain terms. You should not be taking my money and ripping it up. So Kavachayim, you should be worried about your neshama and about Kfayd Hashem and the Kfayd of Hashem's makam, the shul. And the klal is, if you want to know how you should react, klal gadol is, think of what you'd do if he was trying to rip you off and take your money. And then you will be springing into action. And mitzvahs have to be done. And you can't shrink away from the responsibility because you're embarrassed or you want to keep your perceived uh, friendships. He's not such a friend if he doesn't let you grow. This is the first Sif and Shulchan Aruch. Besides the fact that you will come more shalom in your ruchnius and you'll grow, you'll be safe from the Einish. If you talk in shul, not only is a shter your daven, everybody else is, it also is a violation of Yerusha Mikdash. And when you're careful and try to 
hold the line, you're Makayan the Mitzvah Dares of Mikdashi Tiro. Shiloh, the base Knesset, is on the level Dares of Durabonim, but it's a facsimile thereof. And you have to keep all this in mind when you're confronted with the situation. Okay, Mitzvah Shem, we will continue next week.